0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And he gave some apostles some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of man, and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is discipleship. And really what what I mean by that is, what is the purpose for us being taught, whether it be from you hearing somebody preach on Sunday, or whether it be uh, sitting in a Sunday school class. What, what is the reason that we're taught? You can probably think of a lot of different reasons. But, you know, I think most of us uh, probably start out coming to church, as a, especially when we're children, because we have to. And then as we're older, sometimes we start out coming to church because somebody else is just bugging the fire out of us until we say, okay, I'll go ahead and go with you. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes we on our own decide that we want maybe we ought to go to church. But I guarantee you it's because of the impact somebody else has had on you that has put some desire in your heart to find out what it is that goes on there. So what is the purpose in us being taught? I want you to understand that today the message I want to to convey to you is that discipleship is what the purpose of the church is. And by discipleship, what that means is that people are taught for a purpose. That purpose is to go out and teach others. So... This scripture we just read talked about five different types of ministry. There's those that are apostles, those that are preachers, and you can read the list, teachers, I probably will miss them if I tried to name them all. But there's five different kinds. You may be sitting there thinking, well, I'm not any of those. And my point today is not to tell you that you ought to be one of those five. My point today to tell you is that when you're sitting under one of those five, it's not just so that you can help yourself. It's so you can go out into the world and help somebody else. Because listen, chances are if you are here today, most of you have probably already received Jesus as your Savior. Most of you probably already have some sort of relationship with God. So, it's not necessarily you that we're concerned about. The whole point in you coming today is not just to benefit yourself and build yourself up, although that is a benefit and advantage of coming to church, because the the Word tells us that one of the points behind the church is to build up the believers. But it's the point behind building you up is so that you can go out and affect someone else. So let's look at this Scripture some more. You know, when you look at uh, all of the examples of disciples in the Bible, whether it be the disciples of Jesus, or John the Baptist, or you even go back into the Old Testament and and, you know, they weren't exactly called disciples every time, but, uh, you know, Elisha was a, a somewhat of a disciple of Elijah. He followed him and he learned from him, just as the twelve disciples followed Jesus and learned from him. <clears throat> the whole point in them hanging so close to one of those people was so they could understand what it was to go out and minister to other people. It may not have started out that way. You know, they may have not went to Jesus with the intent of learning everything they could so they could go help other people. But I guarantee you, once they sat under His teaching for a while and they begin to, to get an idea of what it meant to be discipled, they begin to understand that, listen, there is a responsibility that comes along with all these benefits that we're getting. What good does it do you to sit and learn all these things if you're never in a position to use them? So this Scripture tells us that there are some people put in these positions to teach and train us. So you, let's look at the Scripture. Uh, there's a, a reason for this training. I'm going to give you a few of them. The first is the work of the ministry. The second is the edifying of the body of Christ. The third is unity of the faith. And the fourth is so that we won't be led astray by false doctrine or false teachers. Now this... Answers the question I asked earlier. What is the purpose of you being taught? These four things, I think you can look at this scripture and and see that for yourself. That the work of the ministry is the first one they talk about. Now, you may think that because you're not a preacher or a teacher or one of these other five things that were listed, that you don't really have a ministry. But I want you to understand that you don't have to be in a formal position in a church to minister to someone. You don't have to be the one that stands up here in front of everybody to be a minister in the literal sense of the word. They may not call you reverend or pastor, but you can still minister to someone. You know, a lot of us come and we... And listen... I am not trying to put any of you down today because I've done this all myself. So, don't think that, that I'm trying to speak to you from some elevated position looking down upon you because you're not doing things right. Because I'm speaking to you in the sense of we, not as in the sense of you guys. But, too many times we come to church Thinking, man, I sure, I sure do uh, need something to kind of lift me up, build me up a little bit. And we come thinking, what can what can I get out of it? But you know, we need to change our point of view. We need to uh, kind of step aside and back a little bit and look at things from a different angle and see that. We need to be coming to church to get ourselves built up for a purpose. Not just because we'll feel better, but because there is work that needs to be done. I'm going to read you another scripture in a minute that's going to explain to you a little bit about what ought to be happening. But you'll see that there is ministry in every place you go that needs to be done. There's people that need ministering. What does that mean, minister? It means people have needs. I'm not necessarily talking about material or physical things. I'm talking about spiritual needs. And you know, they can go to a psychologist. They can sit and listen to TV and and all these self-help programs and everything else. and, And I guarantee you, that won't get them anywhere. All it will do is probably confuse them more. But there's, there is there is a need in their life for something that they don't understand. And you, us, ought to have an answer for them. The reason for you coming and being taught And sitting under teachers and and having relationships with people that are deeper in the faith than you currently are and so that you'll be enabled. You'll be be strengthened to the point that when that opportunity arises in your life to minister to someone's needs, you'll be prepared. You know, if we come to church with that kind of uh, attitude and point of view, you're liable to get more out of what you're listening to. Because you're not looking at yourself anymore. You're thinking, how can I use what's being taught to help others? I'm going to skip the second and third, the edifying of the body of Christ, the unity of faith. I think we've pretty well covered those. But the fourth is, so that we won't be led astray by false doctrine and false teachers. How many of y'all know someone that has been a Christian for a long time? But it seems like every time there's some kind of new new thing that comes up, they just fall right in line. And they, they go with whatever seems to be the popular teaching at the time, whether it's biblical or not. But yet they've been a Christian, you know, most of their life. But they're still a, They're still an infant. In Christ. They still don't understand. They may not be able to quote Scripture to you, but they lack wisdom. James chapter 1 verse 5 says that, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who upbraideth not, but gives liberally. That's not an exact quotation, but you get the point. That if you lack wisdom, that's not a bad thing. God's not calling you stupid because you don't know how to properly use the knowledge of the Word that you have. He's saying, look, if you lack it, ask and I'll give it to you. I'll give you the wisdom you need. What is wisdom? Wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is knowing how to use knowledge. Properly applying the knowledge that you have. You can sit and memorize every Scripture in that Bible. But if you don't know how to use it, it won't do you any good. So you see these people. And this scripture we read today talked about it. Let's read verse 14. It says, That we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. You know, there's a lot of people that come in the name of Jesus and in the name of God. But if you don't already have an inkling of what God is like, if you haven't been able to acquire any wisdom and, and understand what God really is like, and how God really does work, if you just come and you sit and you're trying to be built up all the time, but you're not really gaining anything from it, because you don't even understand the purpose in you being trained, it's going to be easy to sway you. You know, I I can sit down and I can make a case for any kind of nonsense that you can dream up. I can just come up with all kinds of little details and proofs and make up all kinds of nonsense, especially when it's a topic you don't know anything about. If I were to come to most of you today and tell you that they just come out with this new computer system that'll do just all kinds of unimaginable things, y'all probably say really? because you don't know and I'm not trying to to make you I'm not trying to belittle you. I'm trying to say that's probably not your field of expertise at the same time Jerry could probably come and tell me that they've got this new law where everybody has to wear bungee cords when in their car going down the road and I would say really when did they do that cuz I wouldn't know my point is you could you could come up with any kind of nonsense you want to come up with and make statements that sound like they're truths to support that nonsense but if you don't, if you don't know the truth if you haven't been taught and trained and and you haven't through that training asked God for wisdom and you've tried to build that wisdom at the same time your relationship with God you're going to be easily swayed the word actually uses the term every wind of doctrine and that's exactly how these things come through. They, they just kind of blow through like the wind, and usually as soon as they're there, they're gone. But you still see people swayed by them. <clears throat> Turn over to uh, Ephesians 6 and 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now listen to these words as I read them. Against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So the reason for our training lies in this Scripture. Now listen, I told you all a while ago that part of the reason for your training was... To minister to others, but I want you to know is that you probably wouldn't need to minister to others if it wasn't for what this verse just told you. What is a principality? A principality is an area or a town or or it's it's something with borders. You know, back in uh, when there were princes and all this, a principality was some area that a prince had charge over. Kind of like that's my land, or or something like that. These principalities and these powers and these uh, wickedness in high places—all this stuff, this thing is. This scripture is talking about. Uh, you can see in every aspect of life today. It's talking about in the spiritual realm. You know, you'll you'll some, sometimes see whole towns that are under the influence of Satan. the reason why you need to be focusing on being taught and, and learning more and more about God and, and developing your relationship with God is so that when you encounter these people that are under the influence of Satan, you don't have to run scared. You know, there's people that because of all these things going on, like I said, that that's the reason people need ministering is because they they are not always necessarily under the control of Satan, but they're impacted by others that are. And you you may look at me like I have three eyes today and think, well, I ain't ever met nobody demon possessed. How do you know? You know, some some people uh, have a relationship with God to the point that they can just. Spot them. I I can't say that I do, but I'm telling you that they're everywhere. Sometimes the people you would least think it may very well be demon-possessed. You can't just go into this world thinking, it's all about me. When you're encountering people like that every day, the whole point in you being brought into the kingdom of God was not just about you. It's true, God wanted a relationship with you on a personal level. But listen, He chooses to use each one of us to reach others. Because His Word says that it's not His will that anyone should perish. So, you know, it's our responsibility, and listen... We need to, as Christian people, stand up and, and find out what our responsibility is. Because it's too easy to just play church all the time. What are, you, what are you talking about, preacher, about playing church? Have y'all ever watched some kids play school? I'll be the teacher. I'm the teacher. Okay, what y'all need to do? And, and then you got other ones that are acting like they're the students. Why do they do that? Because that's... You know, that's what they see all the time. They're just mimicking what they've seen on a daily basis. I've seen kids play mama and daddy. You know, one of them will pretend to be the mama, while the other one's pretending to be the kid or something like that. I'm tired of churches just playing church. Listen, churches every day just open the door because that's what the sign says at at 10 o'clock we're having Sunday school. That's that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're we're here because that's what the sign says, you know. We have a schedule to keep. But listen, playing church never helped anybody. Playing church never brought in anybody from the outside and, and saw a soul saved. Listen, our business today is not about building up ourselves. Our business today should be about reaching somebody that's lost. Our business as Christians, as members of a gospel-preaching, gospel-believing church, what is the gospel all about? It's about bringing good news to those that don't have it. It's about bringing light to those that are in darkness. Now listen, I don't have time to waste playing church. I'm not telling y'all I've never done it. I'm not telling y'all I don't ever get in a rut. I'm saying I don't have the time. There is time wasting every day. Because I don't know when my last day on this earth is. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I don't know how much time we have. Better yet, I don't know how much time they have. Because I know where I'm going. It's not me I ought to be worried about every day. It's those that don't know where they're going. They may think they do. They may think they have it figured out. But unless they have come to the realization that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he is the only way then they don't know now it's our responsibility the whole point in us coming to church ought to be able not to be to learn and grow so that verse 14 of Ephesians chapter 4 doesn't apply to us I don't want to be one of them that uh, that people look at and say well, he's just still a babe in Christ. Now, sometimes it's easy for us to look at ourselves and see something that's not true. Have y'all ever done that? Have y'all ever looked at yourself and thought that you were better at something than you really were? We were watching a show the other day and. It was one of the kids' shows, and and this boy was going to sing, and he was a real good-looking guy, just the coolest guy in the school. And uh, everybody just thought the world of him. All the girls just drooled all over him. Well, he got up there, and he played the guitar nice, and and he was going to sing a song. He started singing, and it was just the most awful thing you'd ever heard in your life. Everybody was afraid to say something to him because they all thought so highly of him. And he just thought that he could sing good. It sounded good to him. Have y'all ever done that? Now, it may not have been singing. I can tell y'all right now, I can't sing. Y'all hear me sing, but I can't sing. I know I can't. But listen, sometimes we get this kind of attitude where we look at ourselves and we think, we're doing okay. Maybe we got all this figured out. I'm guilty of that. I've done that before. I've I've gotten an attitude sometimes where maybe I don't need any more teaching, you know. Not necessarily in the things of God, but definitely in worldly things. We've got to make sure, listen. The Word tells us in many, many places that us as servants of God... Need to make sure that we're meek and humble. And listen, this word we read today back over in uh, chapter 4 of Ephesians, in verse um, 15, says, But speaking the truth in love, that one statement requires every bit of wisdom you can muster. Listen, you, you can know the Scripture backwards and forwards. You can know how to tell or know what to tell somebody at the right time. But if you can't speak the truth to them in love, all you're going to do is get a wall. They're going to turn around and walk the other way. They're going to say, I don't need somebody to preach to me. You've got to know, listen, that don't come naturally for most people. I know some people that can just talk all sweet and pretty to you, but most people are not like that. I know I'm not, naturally. Speaking the truth in love requires being in tune with the Holy Spirit. It requires in-depth knowledge of the Word. The Word tells us, listen, it tells us that we need to know how to rightly divide the Word of Truth. That doesn't mean know how to separate the chapters from each other. That means know how to rightly divide who you give it to and how you give it to them. You don't just give somebody anything. You give them what they need. This all comes from being discipled. It comes from spending some time in a state of humbleness, knowing that I don't have the answers. And I need somebody to to teach me the proper way. I'm not here today to tell you I have all the answers. I'm here today to tell you we as a church body need to change our point of view. This church does not need to be about come in and, and eat your weekly meal It needs to be about come in and eat enough so that you can go give it to somebody else. Come in and learn a little something else so that when you encounter something this next week, you'll be that much more equipped to minister to somebody's needs.